Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Domesticated Dude podcast. I'm Logan, your host on this journey. Today, I'm talking with my buddy Kurt about the coronavirus and the impact that it's having on our society. We're recording this episode in the third week of March, where a lot of the states across the country are starting to shut down. Bars, restaurants, businesses, schools are going all online. So we're talking about the positivity that can come out of this. People are being more resourceful, more creative because they'll have more time. Essentially, they'll be working from home. So how does that look? We'll also hear from Kurt about his story and his background. He's got two sons. He's been through a divorce. He lost his dad when he was younger. So he's got a lot of life experience that he's sharing with us today. And I think you're really going to enjoy hearing his his journey and his background. So thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Hope you enjoy it. Um, So I probably worked from home that Thursday morning. And then since then, um, since now, but I think officially probably that Monday, if, if you really want to put a date and a time on it. So last Monday, do you, do you like working from home or would you rather be in the office with everybody else? I don't know. Pros and cons. I think, uh, certain days I've gotten a lot more done than I ever would in the office. And then other times it's been one of those things where, you know, me, I, I thrive on like seeing people and actually like being able to like get some work done and then say, Hey, are we going to let's go to lunch or Hey, what's going on? How's your day going? Um, and you miss that whole interaction of knowing where everybody's at and how everybody's doing. Yeah. Um, with this working remotely, it's been kind of interesting. I mean, we're still all logging on for our, our morning meetings and then all of our additional meetings that are there, but it's really just kind of short and sweet and to the point. And you know what I mean? You don't really get to see people's reactions too much on the little tiny screens. So I'm 50-50, man. I don't know. I mean, I'm going nuts. I mean, I'm really going nuts. But uh, I think I think it's got its place. I mean, I definitely think what I do, I need to have that social interaction. And when other people aren't able to have it and meet for coffee or lunch or whatever, you we lose out on that uh, ability. I don't know. Other than that, like the day-to-day work of like getting your contracts done and your proposals and things, I don't mind it at all working from home. I can throw a little laundry in, pop over, do some dishes. You know, I can break when I need it. I'm a lot more productive in the house than I normally am. You know, when I'd work, you know, eight to five, nine to five at the office and then come home, I wouldn't do the laundry or anything because I'm tired and then it mounts up and now I'm like, oh, I'll go, I'll go do a little laundry real quick. Because <laughs> it's right there in your face. You're, you are, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not just coming home to it now. You are working amongst whatever. I'm living in my own filth, as they say, Logan. Yeah. No, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. How are you guys liking it? Uh, you, guys, you guys started working from home a little bit later than we did, didn't you? I'm going to start working from home on Monday. Uh, oh, so you this whole last week we're in the office? Yeah, that? yeah, it's tough. I mean, working in communications at a university at this time, um, it's it's just been insane, and it's been really nice to be at the office so we can just kind of huddle up and and figure out what we need to do. And we're working with the administration, the provost, you know, all those other key people. So it's and they're still on campus for now. So it's good to be able to have that 
interaction and, and be able to just kind of meet face to face on important stuff like that. Because we've been, we've been working all hands on deck for the last like two weeks, ever since Ohio, I think Ohio state was the first one to announce that they were actually closing their campus. And then <clears throat> just a chain reaction after that. It's been insane. I just can't, I can't think of another time that something like this has impacted our entire world, except for the pandemic in 1918 of the the flu that was going around, you know, back then. But since that, it's, this is uh, the biggest thing. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, and when you really think about, I mean, how naive we are, but like, would you have ever thought you'd be living through a pandemic? I mean, ever, I mean, prior to any of this, like I I never did. Um, I mean, obviously the, the depression and things that we had and, uh, all that going through in what, 2008, 2009 ish was tough, uh, housing market and stuff. And I went through that and then now this, and it's kind of, it's kind of bizarre, the economic impact. I'm kind of really curious what's gonna, I mean, all your students, like how are they getting educated? How are they getting their money, their tuition, all that, let alone you and I working, you know, I just the whole open the whole barrel of monkeys. I think it's, it's changed. It's definitely changing education everywhere from, preschool, kindergarten, all the way up to your university students. I mean, we are blessed in the fact that our faculty is working with all of their students and and taking all of those classes online. Oh, nice. So they're having to adapt. The kids are having to adapt. Um, Same thing in in the, in the middle school, Sarah, you know, she took, she had to take all of her classes online. She's got it all set up though. She's got a really nice system going and it's, it's pretty smooth on her end. It's just kind of, it's a big adjustment for the kids because this is, they're not used to any of this. That's what I was just going to ask. That's brand new for the younger ones too. Like even then, how are they getting set up on their Chromebooks, on their laptops? I mean, I'm assuming the parents are facilitating that. Yeah. I keep, I keep seeing tweets all over Twitter about like day two of homeschool. This is not going well. And like, <laughs> we need to pay our teachers more and all the, all of this stuff, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. And I, I think, um, you know, every school is doing it differently. Obviously every, every school has different, uh, procedures and, and all of that, you know, some teachers are printing off homework packets for their kids sure. to do. Some teachers like Sarah are, um, you know, keeping it all online. So it's just, it just kind of depends on, on the school that you're at and, and the, and the age of the kids, you know, it's. Yeah. I, uh, I had a real long conversation with my oldest on just like routine. Um, and you know, being a freshman in high school now he's, we're having to study and we're having to work a little bit harder in general in class, you know, yeah. and he's naturally really gifted and intelligent, but not having a, a routine. It really worries me. Like starting, Monday now, how his mother and I are going to have to set that routine and make sure he stays on it just for educational purposes, let alone cleaning the house and doing, you know, whatever chores or whatever the case may be. Uh, I'm worried. Like, I think the younger ones will do fine because they just don't know any better and they'll adapt and and do really well. But the high school, college age kids, I'm kind of curious how I needed that structure, you know, looking back when I was that age. And if they don't have it, kind of a worry. Yeah. I still need that structure now as an adult. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't just wake up in the morning and be in my office. You know, I, I need to have, I need to wake up. I need to do some sort of exercising like I would normally. I need to eat breakfast, make coffee, all that stuff. But then I need to, I need to feel like I'm in work mode. And I, I feel lucky enough that Sarah and I both have our own, 
we'll have our own spaces to work in during all of this. I'll be down in the basement where we're recording right now and she'll be upstairs. So it's kind of nice that we're going to be separated, but then, you know, we can both meet up for lunch or go for a walk or, you know, just try to find some sort of break time for a mental break in there. And the, the other thing is, you know, with all these, everything shutting down cancellations, um, a lot of our events are canceled. Yep. That, that we usually do work to support. And so I, I'm really interested to see how this is going to affect higher education for sure, but just everybody. I mean, it seems like everybody's adapting really well. Everybody is just kind of trying to do whatever they can to still be together, even though they're apart. Like people are doing virtual meetups. You yep. and I are recording this podcast, um, you know, through Skype right now. Sarah just got off off a phone call with three of her friends. They did a they did a video chat. You know, yep. so I think we're I think this is going to push us as a society to still check in on your friends, still try to do whatever you can to promote some sort of sense of community, even though you can't be in physical spaces with people. Uh, I'm just really curious about how how this is going to affect everything. Yeah. I mean. Uh, people are being more resourceful. I think that, I think that you're going to see a lot more um, technology come out of this. I think you're going to see a lot more creative stuff coming out of this. People trying to be more creative. You know, if they're left alone to their own devices, they don't have to worry about certain things in the workplace. You know, their home, they can have their be in their own spaces. I think you're going to see a lot more creative stuff come out of this, which. I know yeah. that sucks to say during a worldwide pandemic, but you know, it's, it's, you got to look at the positives on something like this. Oh, hundred percent. I can't agree with you more on, you know, just the workflow and the expectation of how are, how does work even look, you know, after this, I know we were chatting before, you know, how does, how does our job, how do our jobs evolve now that we're doing the same activities from home? Like, do we need to be in the office every single day of the week? Can we work two, three days a week in the office and have the other two or three days out in the in the public or working from home? Um, but yeah, I agree with you on the resourcefulness and just the community. Um, we just, for work, we just had a, an all-day planning session uh, for kind of our company and kind of where we want to go and things and kind of a crummy time to have that meeting with everything going on, but also really good because you got some real-world um, answers and questions were had by all. Um, so we learned a lot and kind of knew where we were going, but, um, the implementer of it asked us, you know, one word after that meeting, what was one word that described today's meeting that you kind of learned? And I, I mean, solidarity was kind of the biggest word for me. And then, you know, we saw it on the virtual meetup the other day and I agree, like people are just, they're banding together. And, and I think the stigmas of, who you are and what you've done with your career have gone out the window. I hope they have. And I think people are just going to be more and more helpful uh, when we come out of this just to, just to show everybody that we're all in it together and it's, you know, we're all part of the part of the pie, I guess, or the bigger picture. So I think that's great. I think that'll be a real positive thing that comes out. And I just, I think we've got to keep it positive. Like you said, we can't, I mean, I'm a Debbie downer too, to some extent, but I, uh, I've been trying to stay real positive and just not get in the weeds, you know? Yeah. I think, I think something like this really shows you what's important in somebody's life. Um, I I keep, and put me in this category too, but I I know a lot of people are disappointed with all the sports 
cancellations going on. So there's no live sports to watch. There's, you know, there's nothing really to rally around there, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah, there's no sports on, but what can we do now that we're not so distracted? Well, and you know, you kind of nailed it on the head when you were talking about your workspace with your wife, you work from home and all of a sudden your home is clean and tidy and you know, things are in its place. And then all of a sudden your brain goes to what else can I do? What's the next thing I need to be doing? Cause you want to stay pro- productive. I mean, I can only sit and watch Netflix so long, you know, you, you've got to be able to go out and do something. And I think that's really where it's going to be key where we start getting creative with, with some of the stuff of, you know, if it's neighborhood, I don't even know neighborhood cleanups and things like that, just to stay busy uh, and revitalization of just using our talents where we can. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, huh. and it's crazy because, you know, sometimes, you know, things like this, they affect one, maybe one population or one area of the country or one area of the world at a time. This is something that's happening literally everywhere. Every community, every state, every country, everybody's dealing with this. And it, I, I don't know. It's it's really it's just really interesting to me. I I, I feel bad saying that because a lot of people are losing their loved ones. It's a it's a very it's a very tough virus. You know, it's not it's not treating anybody very easily. But it's just interesting. It's just interesting right. to watch from the sidelines. And here, I guess my take on it, kind of twofold, is one I part of my brain says, oh, it's going to be done and over in, in two months. You know what I mean? We'll be we'll be better off in two months. Just weather the storm and and let's stay positive and let's get through it. And the other side of me is like, what if it's not? You know, if if we do proceed and it does actually take a year to to get vaccinated and have it in our system so that we don't get it again, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, if this is going to be an ongoing six to seven months, seven, eight, nine months process. Yeah, I'm really interested, and I'll probably be pulling out what little hair I have left, um, you know, to get through it. But it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely for sure. So you mentioned that your oldest boy, um, he's in high school right now. What? How? How is he? I guess what's changing in in his world? I mean, is he trying to do things where he's still seeing his friends online? What what yeah. I mean, those ki- those kids that age live in their phones anyway. So how does how's this changing for them? Yeah, it's a great question. I, you know what I've seen with him uh, more is the and keep in mind this is a fourteen year old's mentality, right? But that that extreme need to be connected to his friends right now is so strong that if he misses a a FaceTime or, you know, a, a Snapchat or something, it, it is, like, so detrimental. Um, and I know that that's probably fairly true regardless of the situation right now, but uh, it's more so even now. Um, I s- was with him for, gosh, two nights ago, and we talked about one in the morning, which is way later than we should have, but it was some serious conversations and, you know, about motivation and staying motivated in this time to not just – go lay in your bed all day long and be on your phone. You got to get up. You got to go play basketball, grab the bike, you know, let's go do something and stay, stay at it because when that's the expectation or the norm, I think those kids will just fall into that and they won't want, you know, the next best thing for them. So yeah, the technology has definitely been at the forefront with him. He's definitely done a lot of FaceTime, a lot of Skypes, 
Um, he's starting more at my request to record videos with him and his brother to send to relatives that can't, you know, necessarily see like my mother, you know, uh, his great grandmother, things of that nature uh, on the other side. So we're trying to, trying to find ways to keep him in, entertained and, and interjected with society, but also staying productive. I think that's the biggest hard. That's probably the hardest thing right now is the productive yeah. side of it. Are they, are they doing classes online too at the high school level or did they just get a bunch of packets of papers and say, okay, here you go. Yeah. Right now we've gotten the packet mentality. It's, it's all digital, but it's on there. Um, but I believe Monday or Tuesday they start, you know, really focusing on it um, for LPS. So I think they'll get to that point where they'll be doing some online classes and whatnot. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't even looked at the two emails they sent just yesterday and the day before, but I think in that email it said they were going to start back up online in some capacity. I don't know if that's like what you and I are doing now on Skype uh, or a Zoom call or if it's literally set up digital and then they have to – I guess keep up with the work. I don't know. Yeah. I know at the, at the university level they're they're trying to maintain a, a sense of schedule with a lot of, with a lot of the kids. And so the professors are, are working on ways to get everybody in the class online at the same time, like, mm. like a Skype or zoom or some sort of video chat to, to still have that face to face interaction, not only for a professor to student, but also the students to interact with each other too to okay. maintain that sense of community. So I would assume that that's probably, I, I would, I would hope community. so because even if this is a slower, I shouldn't say a slower, but a, a quicker turnaround, you don't want to lose two months or a month of school and then potentially have to tack that on at the end of the year. I mean, nobody wants that obviously, but if we can figure out a way to do it digitally and keep these kids in progression, I mean, I think about some of the seniors right now in high school Oh my Lance, or even in college at the university, like, can you imagine the stress level? I mean, I would be through the roof with some of these kids. Of, I don't get to go to prom. I don't get to go to homecoming. I don't, can't walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to graduate. I don't know. I think that would be very, very tough. It's really tough, man. I mean, I think about all the athletes. You know, we. I said earlier that sports aren't a huge. I mean, <clears throat> we're trying to find our priorities now that sports aren't happening, but for a lot of the, a lot of kids, a lot of students, sports are their priority, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're part of teams. They're part of, you know, the part of these teams that they've been a part of for the last four years, these senior classes. And that's just the rest of their seasons are just stripped away from them. And it's just, right. it's just gutting, man. I mean, I, I understand that things had to be done. The precautions had to be taken. It's all for the safety of not only the players, but the fans and, and everybody else. But man, it's just, you can't help but just feel for them. And there, there's nothing that can be done. Some kids will get some eligibility back, whatever, but man, it's, it's just a rough go. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I like sports as much as the next guy, but at the same time, I think about all the other activities that are out there that mean the world to kids too. And yeah, it's all gone. You know, they've got to, got to figure it out. Well, your, your uh, younger boy, he's, he's the actor in the family, right? Or is it your older boy? Well, they're both getting into it. It's the oldest yeah. one now. I mean, he was just auditioned for a show at Lincoln High and um, got cast for that, which was nice. Um, but the uh, the hard part is is 
how do you keep them motivated? They obviously can't do a production. Right. We can't get 30 kids uh, in the theater, you know, to rehearse or do anything of that nature. Um, I think I would challenge him to do more monologues and things of that nature, but it, that's not fun. You know, you got to keep in mind that as a freshman in high school, he likes theater, but, it, but the reason it's fun is because he gets to, he gets to go to, you know, the, uh, the dinners afterwards with all the cast and he gets to be part of a team, you know, and a group of people that all have similar likes and interests. Um, so while I think he enjoys acting still and does a good job of it, uh, I think he really enjoys the social aspect of it more than anything of finding people who are like him, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's why anybody, that's why people do the things that they do is to be a part of a group and, you know, do things that with people who share common interests. That's why we play cards every once in a while. That's why we get yep. together and, and have a drink every once in a while. It's not just about the drink, but it's about what we talk about. It's about building that bond. And when you, when you don't have that, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's really tough. And well, I'm, that's why I'm glad we're kind of, able to do this today. Well, yeah, I was just going to say the segue kind of back into what you said earlier, um, being creative and being resourceful and making sure that you're, this is no different than, well, it's different that we're not physically together having a drink and talking to two of our other buddies too, but making a point to hop on a zoom call and just check in on everybody and having a quick hit list of what's going on with your life. How's work going? Uh, it's no different than anything we've done before. It's just making the time and the effort to do it. And I think now more than ever, it kind of, as you mentioned before, it puts your priorities into place to really focus on that. You know, I'm calling my mom every day. I'm checking in. Do you have groceries? You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm checking in with the kids, the ex-wife. I mean, I'm kind of going through the motions with everybody. Um, yeah, it does, definitely puts your, your priorities in place. It sure does. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never had a, a situation in my life that made me think about my priorities more. Well, let me take that back. Uh, when Sarah and I were getting serious, that was that was like step one. Getting married, step two. This is like step three, four, and five. It's like oh, all coming at you all at once. Like, <laughs> okay, what's important? Obviously, sports aren't that important because I haven't really missed them. Um, checking in with my buddies is important because we've made it a point to do that. Uh, being creative is important because that's what we're doing right now. Other than that, like making sure that Sarah and I have what we need, you know, beyond that, there's not a whole lot left. Yeah. I think, I hope, I hope when we come out of this for, for my sake as well, uh, just a little bit more of the needs versus the wants, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've downsized <laughs> many times from, from a house to smaller house to an apartment, um, to, uh, you know, the, the duplex I'm in now. And every time I downsize, I get rid of more and more stuff and it's, uh, I d declutter. And sometimes you need to declutter your social life too, and declutter your, your work life, which is what I'm seeing now more than anything of, you know, uh, the, the real, I don't want to say real friends. I've got a lot of friends, a lot of acquaintances, but the friends that are text texting me, the friends that are reaching out right now on a daily, every other day basis, you can count them, you know what I mean, yeah. uh, on one hand. And, and those are the people that you got to keep keep going with, in my opinion. And I think when we come out of this, it's just you learn you don't have time for certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, what's important, what are the needs. 
and I hope when I come out of this, I can streamline even more, you know, to make sure that we've got things in place. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I got a lot of buddies back home. I haven't been in touch a whole lot with them just because I know that they're trying to get their shit together. Just like yeah. I'm trying to, you know, there, I think we have this period, this like one to two week period where everybody's just kind of like, Oh shit what do I have to do to get ready for this? How do I get adjusted? But I think, I think there's still room there. I mean, it takes what, five seconds to send a text message just to, Hey, thinking about you, making sure you got what you need. Let me know. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we all need to do a better job of that. I mean, that, that doesn't happen in our real life anyway. Uh, you know, because everybody's got their own shit going on. Everybody's busy with their own lives. And so I think sometimes we, we do lose track of those relationships, but on the flip side of that, once you, once you get back into it, you, you don't skip a beat. At least that's what I found is like, you know, you got your good, you got your good buds, even if you're not in contact with them on a, on a daily or weekly basis, when you, when you get back into it, it, it it's like, it was never gone. You know, yep. it's like you were never apart. I, I would agree with that hundred percent. And I think the situation uh, is making us realize that, yeah, we do need to make that time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, most definitely. Absolutely. So Kurt, we've been talking for probably, I don't know, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes or so by now. Um, sure. I just want to give, give, uh, let you give a little bit of your background. So, so people know kind of where you're coming from. First off, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, always enjoy an outlet to speak. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, Kurt Hester, born and raised Grand Island, Nebraska. Give you the quick snapshot life story here. Moved to, uh, Lincoln in 2001 uh, shortly thereafter, about 2002, started dating a gal, got married uh, pretty quickly, had two kids, and uh, worked, kind of stopped school there for a while, um, mainly because I was young and naive. Um, when you kind of look at what – I was going for secondary education. At the time, I think secondary educa- education was paying like thirty-five dollars to $38,000, somewhere in there. And I was working three part-time jobs while still going to school. And I was making, you know, 30000 somewhere in there when I added everything back up. So it was kind of one of those 19, 20, 21-year-old self saying, well, this isn't financially worth going to school for. So stop that. Um, like I said, moved to Lincoln. Uh, met my ex-wife now at the time. Uh, we got married pretty young. <clears throat> Started having kids young. So I was at the time working for Von Mar department stores. Um, worked my way up through that into an executive status. So... They were looking to move and relocate the young individuals that were willing to do so, uh, as retail always does. So off we were into Chicago and uh, at a young, young age with a little guy uh, in tow and not knowing anybody in Chicago or anything. Thankfully, you know, I made enough money that uh, that she didn't have to work at all. But at the same time, you know, had no outlets for kids. I'm working 60, 70 hours a week not good on the family dynamic. Um, when we moved back to, to the Lincoln area, it was nice because now I'm making Chicago money, working in Lincoln, bought her first house. She was able to go get her job, have some sanity back, you know, which is, is hard there for a few years where, you know, it was it was all kind of what we're doing now, digital and remote. She, you know, didn't have a lot of opportunities to, to get out with making friends and, and things of that nature. So once we got back home, you know, it was a great time for her to get out and, and work and, and have a life, which was nice. Uh, you know, unfortunately eight years later we got a divorce. Uh, just our paths weren't on the same, same plane anymore. Um, you know, it was unfortunate. 
but uh, I think we're in a lot better place now than we were then, which is always the positive. And our kids are well adjusted and, you know, we, we co-parent like crazy every day. I mean, she literally on this call dropped my youngest one off and came in the door and gave me a wave and dropped him off and just kind of how our relationship is, is morphing into now, um, which is great for the kids, I think. I've made it a point to move and relocate about a block and a half from her house. So we're just definitely all about the kids right now. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of things have happened in my life, I guess, for life experiences. Um, but uh, it's been nice being in Lincoln. The community of Lincoln's been strong. My friends in and around Lincoln have been very supportive of, you know, everything that I do and, and whatnot. So it's, it's definitely a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Lincoln, Lincoln's a big, small town. It's, uh, every, yep, every, that's exactly right. Everybody looks out for each other. Everybody just, you know, it's not like you're Chicago's New York's LA's where people are just out for themselves. It's, it's very much a community. And I think, um, that's, that's all across Nebraska and probably across a lot of the Midwest too, is people are, are out there trying to help each other out. And, you know, you see that during this stuff too, during this coronavirus stuff, oh, 100%. everybody's out trying, trying to help each other. Um, but Kurt, let me let me ask you. You said that you you had your first your first son when you were kind of younger. Um, yeah. How did that change who you were? Like, how did that change your priorities? But most of all, were you able to kind of maintain still who you are through through all of those challenges? Yeah, um, great question. Oh, geez. Um, you know, when you're younger in your mind, you've got like a plan of how your life's gonna go. Like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a good degree. Uh, I'm okay with just – this is my brain at that time. Is I was going to go to college. I was going to graduate. Um, I was going to get a degree, get an okay job. And I've always said this, as long as I've got enough money to put clothes on my kids' back and a roof over their head and food in their belly, then I'm doing a darn good job. Um, I'm not one that needs to have a million-dollar paycheck. Uh, I definitely want to do well for myself and my kids, but I haven't – hasn't been a strive or a need a necessity for me, I guess. Um, so yeah, I kind of always had that picture of, you know, those, those normal steps and then meeting, meeting somebody that you love and, and getting married and having kids and the white picket fence and, and the house and the, the dog and the two cars. I mean, that, that was all in my brain. Um, so I had that planned out. It kind of, I guess how my life cycle got derailed a little bit was, my senior year, I shouldn't say my senior, my freshman year of college, uh, and my senior year of high school, my dad was diagnosed with uh, cancer, and my senior year of high school was was an interesting one because I mean we pretty much canceled all the classes that weren't pertinent to graduation or getting into college. Um, I was helping my mother, you know, take my father to to chemo and all sorts of different doctors' appointments throughout the day, and then dropping him off and then rushing back to school to get an hour class in. And then rushing back. So had to grow up really fast with that. Um, and then I went off to college and, you know, my main school or university that I was looking at, uh, both my siblings went to Nebraska Westland here in Lincoln. And it was just kind of always known you're going to go to Westland. It, it was, wasn't ever instilled uh, on my shoulders or not, but uh, was definitely what I wanted to do as well. So it was interesting. I chose to go to the University of Kearney just to be closer to home in case something happened you know, at the house, mm-hmm. uh, flash forward, my dad made it almost a year, um, to the day, uh, and passed away due to the cancer. So my freshman year of college, when I'm off on my own and kind of trying to manage working in school and helping my mom out when I can, 
his passing kind of derailed me a lot. Yeah. I mean, emotionally, psychologically, uh, 100%. I lost drive, lost motivation, things of that nature. Um, and stayed in Grand Island for a little while where, where I'm from. And then just kind of knew I wasn't going anywhere. Uh, I wasn't being challenged there. Uh, so that's what motivated me to move to Lincoln. And I didn't start getting a sense of me back of who I was until I probably met my ex-wife, you know, and, yeah. and had a, I don't hate to say this, but like had a purpose, you know, of, right. of an individual that, that cared for me, that wanted to go out and get friends together and, and, uh, play cards and, and go to the bars or, or go to concerts or things. Um, so then I, you know, I started getting into hyperdrive and getting ultra focused, um, with my job at the time. And that's what led to some great opportunities, uh, with that. And then when we found out we were having little man, you know, it was, it was scary being young. I think 22, 23, uh, was our ages at that time. Um, and I mean, I can recall when she told me that she was pregnant and, you know, I left work and came straight over and, you know, obviously anyone that wasn't planning on having a child at that young of an age, what do you do? How do you react? And you know, I, I'm a guy, I'm kind of Mr. Fix it. Um, I'm <laughs> not in a mechanical sense. I'm horrible at that, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of Mr. Fix it. So it yeah. it's, wasn't a fix per se, but it was like, okay, well, this is part of our life. You know, let's rock and roll and, and let's move forward. And that's just kind of how I've always approached that. So, yeah, I think, you know, when you mentioned how are you able to keep a sense of yourself, I think a lot of that was thrown out the window, honestly. Um, cause then you do what society expects you to do continue to have a good job, continue to provide for your family, make sure your kid's good, has a good education. You, you fall right into all those norms. Um, and there really wasn't any time for me, you know, being young. Um, I had already skipped over the whole, like, let's be fun in college. Once, once I had a kid, I was still, my friends were still in college, you know, finishing up their last year of degree. So I had already transitioned out of that. I was full blown work mode. You know, I don't have time for, for that. Um, that nonsense. So yeah, I, I think you lose a lot of that. Um, that's there. So I think it's difficult. I don't know if I've got a sense of myself back until maybe two years ago, to be honest really? with you. And that's been, it's been many years. So what, what was, I guess you, your sense of self up until then was basically, I need to provide, I need to do whatever I can to provide for my family, for my kids you were still able to kind of maintain who you are, who Kurt is through all of that. And that's well, you know, one thing that I, I see from you all the time is, you know, you know who, you know exactly who you are, you know exactly what you're trying to do. And at the same time, you're also helping, help, trying to do whatever you can to help everybody around you. Yeah. And I, I think, I, I guess you had a comment on those points is I've always been a, a helper or a fixer. Um, and a lot of times that's, to my fault where if you were to text me and say, Hey, I need help here. Or I've got this question. I'd be ready to rock and roll. Even though I got 500 other things that is in my personal life that needs to get taken care of right away. Those get pushed aside a lot of times. And you know, that's not necessarily good. Um, it's not a bad thing either, but I think that's where when you, when you talk about a sense of self, I don't know if I was able to have a sense of, of who I was. I just knew what had to be done. And there's only so many hours in the day, <laughs> you know, right. uh, when you've got kids running around and things to do that. Now that I've got a little bit more freedom and things, like I said, about two years ago, now I'm, I'm really looking at self-analyzing like, gosh, I don't do a very good job of that. 
I've really been horrible about reaching out to my friends in the past and, and making it a point uh, to be the first person to go. I'm, I'm really great. If somebody calls and invites me to do something or needs help, I'm there. Uh, but I'm not the initiator. So I, I look at a lot of those things and think, you know, do some self-reflecting and try to do, do a little bit better job of that. Um, and that's why I think this whole situation um, really gives you time to reflect and, and put forth those, those ideals. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely know who I am. I definitely know I don't want to deal with certain people and I'm, I'm not afraid to say that I don't have time for those type of people in my life, uh, whoever they may be. So when you, when you said that a couple of years ago, you were starting to get that, that sense of yourself back. Is that because you, your boys are kind of more self-sufficient and they can kind of fend for themselves. And so that frees you up a little bit more. What, what was the turning point? Oh yeah. I think, you know, I think after, after my divorce, I took that pretty hard for, gosh, two, two years. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, there were two years there where I was, you know, treading water and, and barely, barely, barely above water, you know, with, uh, psychology, you know, my, my psyche and and depression and where I was at and what I, what I wanted to do and couldn't do. Um, you know, I think there's two years there where I just was not in a good place. And then I think, you know, the last two years after that, you know, I'm starting to dig out and putting some better goals in place. And these last two years have been really good because, yeah, I think one, the kids are more self-sufficient. They're older now where they understand, you know, certain things and, and can help, um, you know, just with, with, with life in general, um, and not being, I don't hate to say this this way, but not to be needy all the time. You know, they can, if they need a drink of water, they can get a cup and go get a drink of water now. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's those little things. Uh, but yeah, it's just like even, even dating, you know, I haven't dated and, you know, I went on a few dates right away after the divorce and really realized like I was in no contention to date at that time. I could barely take care of myself. How am I going to take care of, you know what I mean? Somebody else and, and be emotionally available to them. The last two years, you know, I'm, I'm more open to things like that and, and putting myself out there a little bit more, um, on that sense as well. But yeah, I think it's a, a culmination of a few things. I think, yeah, the kids and just my psyche being in a lot better place. Um, and just kind of being over a lot of the, you know, drama from the divorce and situations with the ex. Um, not that it was overly bad, but just, you know, things that you internalize and, and deal with, mm-hmm. um, just in a lot better place in life in general. To That's be awesome. So, That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. So, this might, if you don't feel comfortable talking about this, let me know. But, um, right after the divorce, you were probably in a, in a place where you probably had to, for lack of a better term, sack up if you will. And, and you were kind of on your own with your, and then you had your boys. What helped you get through those times when your boys were younger, you were younger, but but now you were a single dad and co-parenting with, with your ex and, and all that. But you know, when they're with you, you, you're more or less a single dad. So how, how, how did that, how are you able to balance everything in that situation? Yeah. Great question. I think right after the divorce, you go back into that. Oh, I'm in college again. I'm free. How everybody, you know, you, you hear that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a, I don't know, a good three months where I was out every, when it wasn't my turn with the kids, I was out every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. 
enjoying myself and, and, and yucking it up. And then really realizing after about three months of that, well, one, I'm older and I can't, I can't keep up. Right. Right. And two, it just wasn't putting me in a good place, uh, to be. So you, you kind of learn real quick, like, Oh, it sounds appealing and, and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, I hate to say that alcohol probably helped a lot in those first three months. Um, but after that, you kind of realize, hey, geez, this is just uh, not where you need to be. Uh, when the kids were with me, it was great, man. That was my focus. You know, um, when we first started, we, we first started on the co-parenting with one week on, one week off. So there'd be a whole week where I wouldn't see them. And then I'd have them for a whole week, uh, morning, noon, and night. So when they were with me, it was all hands on deck. And right. some things are tough, but I'll be honest with you, it's been easy. I mean, I hate to say like my kids are great and perfect because they're not by any means, but I really didn't have a lot of issues being able to actually parent and say, you know, do this, don't do that. Don't touch the stove. It's hot. Like, you know what I mean? I haven't had to go through too many of those bigger moments that, um, you know, would, would be, would be of an issue. And I think some of it's perspective, uh, similar to what we're dealing with right now. Like when I went through that and after I kind of got through it, the perspective was, it's just not worth getting upset about. You know, of oh, they didn't put their clothes in their hamper. Well, you reteach. You, you know, my my. I used to just harp on them and come down on them, right? Yeah. It's just not that important, man. It just really isn't. It's like, hey, buddy, can you do a better job of cleaning up your clothes for me? And at some point, you know, it it clicks, and uh, it's just not worth me getting all amped up and the and the uh, anger and the energy going. Right. You know, same thing with little things of co-parenting, right? Everybody's got to deal with it in these situations. It's just not worth me getting upset anymore uh, i think maybe that comes with maturity or or experience maybe right well so i, I think the kids, the kids definitely got me through logan to be honest with you that's probably the biggest thing i can say that's awesome man that's good i mean it's it's one of those things and i'm not a i'm not a parent so I, I i can't even begin to say that i know how that feels but once you know what's important you're able to focus on that your kids were important at that time. So nothing else really mattered and you're going to yeah. do whatever you can to, to help them and, and see it through. And I think a lot of that, you said that you kind of stopped harping on them for things, you know, at a certain point, I would imagine that they don't want to be having all their dirty clothes around the room either. Right. You know, right. at a, at a yeah. certain age, uh, they're <laughs> like, man, I got to clean my, I got to clean my stuff up. I don't want to be around this anymore. It's uh, it definitely though, transfers into you know something else now now my oldest picks up his clothes does his laundry helps out a little bit around the house but now it's like the homework you know it's like uh it'll be there by friday logan i mean i'll get to it on friday right well come on man like just get it done like it just transfers into something else until they're it's probably the same thing my mom probably says the same thing about me if she was across the the camera for me she'd probably be saying i he's you know, he's 37 years old and I've been harping on him for the last 36 to get, get after it. And he hasn't done it. You know, oh, it'd man. be the same thing. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I was a guy in college that if a paper was due on the 25th of April, my paper would be written. I would start writing it probably about eight o'clock on April 24th, <laughs> just because I can't, I can't start something and go back to it. Like I can't start writing a paper halfway through and then go back to it because I'm not right. in that same frame of mind. And yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of crown Royal drank during those writing sessions, but I just can't. So I, I have to do it all at once. Otherwise yeah. it's not, it's not going to get done. And, and 
coming from my journalism background, you know, deadlines are important. And I always say that people do their best work, you know, when, when you have a gun, basically when you have a gun pointed to your head and you, you have to get shit done, you don't have time to overthink it. You just, you just go. And what comes out of it, I think, I think is good because you, you're just, you just focus on that one thing and you're, you're probably getting into a little bit of a flow with it too. So things are just going to come a little bit easier that way. I was just going to ask you how do you, in your work life, like, are you one that when there's a lot of pressure and a lot of things that need to be done, do you work your best or are you more of the easygoing individual? I, I think you just answered it, but I, my best work is when it's just a crazy week. Yep. I mean, there's back to back meetings, there's deadlines, like you said, that are due for, uh, you know, a sale or a contract or whatever it may be in my world. But yeah, if I have time to think I procrastinate and I waste a Monday, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not good. That's probably one of my biggest downfalls in the workplace right now is just, not procrastinating and staying on task. Yeah. So we have a lot of deadlines in our, in our office. We have a, we have a lot of fire drills too. And I I feel like our team is, is pretty equipped to deal with the fire drills. If we, if we have long periods of time where we almost have too much time to work on projects, especially if they're for projects in other departments of the, of the university, that's where we get slowed down. We can, we can create whatever we want, and it's usually 85, 90% there. But then for that last little bit to get it over the finish line, now instead of three people touching that project, now you have six, seven people yeah. touching that project. And that's and I know you're used to that too in, in your line of work, working with a lot of boards and committees. That's basically, I mean, it's the same, same deal on this side too. So I feel like the last two weeks in our office have, has just been one big fire drill. But I feel like we've adapted really well to that and we've we've worked our asses off and um i mean everybody's working their ass off right now everybody whether you're in higher ed if you're in if you're in marketing whatever line of work people are in right now in this moment everybody's working their ass off everybody is stretched thin everybody is just doing their best to just stay above water and so i'm i'm not trying to overplay our position in anything but being in communications right now, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit rough, but it's rough everywhere. And I, yeah. I totally see that. That's interesting. I think, uh, yeah, I think everybody's working hard definitely with the situation, uh, but it's also like, how do you put out good quality positivity out there? Yeah. You know? Uh, and that's where I think we all got to be focused on is uh, you and I could, could have spent 40 minutes up to an hour griping about how bad the situation is very easily, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. But it's really like to focus on the positives of, of our lives and where we've been, you know, I've, like we've gotten off on a few different topics, but yeah, I wouldn't be where I'm at now without all the, the downfalls and the pitfalls that I've had to, to kind of climb out of. Uh, I would be who I am with all the positive things that have happened. You know what I mean? As well to celebrate. Um, but I think we, we don't do a very good job of celebrating enough the the victories you know and even if it is just your office getting through this and getting into a good place i mean i think you guys as a team should celebrate that i mean get something in place to to 
maybe a virtual uh, happy hour or something right. set up. So we were talking about that. There's there's less than ten people in our office, so technically oh. we could still get together, except all the bars are closed. <laughs> <laughs> so we may have to find uh, we may have to find a deck somewhere or something to just go sit on and uh, yeah. reminisce and commiserate a little bit. But I I mean I think everybody should be commended the last couple of weeks, like I said, you know, no matter what line of work you're in during this whole pandemic, like, Oh man, I can't, I can't even think about what kind of stress hospitals and healthcare agencies. And, you know, you look at the education side, the, the, the public schools, the private school, you know, it's just, it just doesn't end. And it's just, it's literally everybody is affected by this. It's just so tough to wrap your head around, all of the implications, like your Uber drivers, um, you know, your, your waitresses, your valet guys and gals, you know, it's just a, no position is safe from this thing. And it, it just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, the, the next slide is, is how quickly can we get it corrected? Yes. That's where my mind's at now is I get the, I get the rationale of like how easy it is to, to get it. I mean, that's math. We can see that. But uh, how can we how can we fix it? How can we get ourselves there? And I'm not I'm not the educated guy to, to know it or to deal with it. But I, I that's my next question: is how quickly can we bounce back? It sounds it sounds like they have people who are working very 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 hard on yeah. figuring all that out. But like I said at the at the top of this, you know, I I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about how this is going to positively impact our society as much as much as it's going to negatively affect everybody from you know your your service industry to you know everything else the tourism industry is going to take a bit yeah. with this um you know it's just across the board but i i really do think that we're going to see a lot more creativity positivity in some instances, and I and I was a little bit younger when this happened, but it, the the biggest thing that I can compare this to and the reaction of our society is right after 9-11. Yep. How our entire country came together to rally around each other. This yep. reminds me a lot of that. And, well, I mean, not to get into work again, but that's exactly what we're doing is we're taking a look at 9-11. We're taking a look at, you know, stock market and housing crash. I mean, we're taking a look at a lot of those times. I mean, even potentially going back to, gosh, maybe even Vietnam War, you know, like what did companies do? What were people doing when they came out of this? What were they doing when they were in it? And how can we potentially replicate that and make sure that we, you know, we're, we're, we're sustaining as a company as well. Um, you know, everybody says when there's a downtick, you should buy your stocks, buy, 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 buy. Well, most people are no, I'm not doing anything yet because I'm scared, right? right? So I think you've got a little bit of that mentality of do, you, do we fight or do we, you know what I mean? Do we just do we just cash it in and, and try to reap the reward when we come out of this? Um, but yeah, I think what people should be doing, in my opinion, is laying that groundwork for positivity now and, and laying that, you know, what, what do you want to be? Like we, we've sat here and talked about how busy we are and our lives have kind of gone through, but in all retrospect, it's given us more time to – look at the things that we didn't get done. I mean, shoot, I went and redid the whole cupboards when I got food, right? I mean, I didn't know where to put all the food because uh, I don't cook for the kids every single day in the week. Um, you know, that's a little project. You know, setting up the craft room for Christopher is is a project I'm doing. Those things, but it's it's having that mentality even with your, your workforce and even with your 
current jobs of where do you really want to be? Right. And if you've got, if you didn't have the time to do it, like I didn't have time to have, now you have the time. I mean, now we should be focusing on those so that when we come out, we, we are in a positive place and we just hit the ground running. Um, I just, it's going to be crazy when we come out of this though, man. I mean, restaurants, uh, pools, like roller coasters, Disney, whatever is going to be gangbusters and it's going to be nuts. So, I mean, I definitely think the economic impact will bounce back on like the tourism esque side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're already taking massive, massive hits right now. And you mentioned people are kind of scared to buy stocks right now since there aren't any sports going on, since I'm not playing any fantasy sports right now, I basically turn that into, Hey, let's, uh, let's play around in the stock market a little bit just to, just to kind of see what's, what's happening. (laughs) Um, now let me preface this by saying the only experience I have in the stock market is playing the stock market game in fifth grade, which was (laughs) a hell of a long time ago. So, The only thing I really know about the stock market is you should buy when the stock is low and sell when the stock is high. And that is the only thing I know. So me and uh, another buddy of mine, I I texted him the other day. I was like, hey, I did a bad thing and I bought some stocks. Now, it's not a lot of money by any means. Um, You know, it's it's about the amount of money that you would pay into a fantasy sports league. Right. So I texted him. I said, yeah, here's what I did and blah, blah, blah. So he's like, oh, well, I'm going to do that too. So now it's kind of like a little like a little game that we have, like, oh, my socks are up, whatever. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know, it's just interesting to see, like, I didn't know you could buy three shares of something. And yep. apparently you can. And yep. so that's been that's been kind of fun to uh, pass the time. And, uh, well, it gives, you, yeah, it gives you something to focus on and to banter back and forth with too. So yeah, you're kind of kind of creating a, like you said another fantasy sports, but now you're just gonna call them fantasy stocks because you may not get any money out of it. Basically, basically, I, I had to I had to tell Sarah that I had to reassure her that we cannot lose any more money than what I have already put in. Like it's not like they're gonna be taking money out of our bank account because the stock got so low. So I think right. that was uh, that was a little bit of a saving grace there. <laughs> well. Yeah, good. Good that you're chatting with her on on your extracurricular activities now that you're here on house arrest. Oh no, that's a that's a regular thing. That's like yeah. she knows she knows how much I spend on fantasy football. I'm not saying she condones it or appreciates that. At least I'm like bringing her in the loop and and telling her what's going on. So yeah, you know, I mean finances is a big thing. Was a big thing for us. Um, when before we got married, I was always of the mindset like, oh, we should have our separate bank accounts and blah blah blah. But she she talked me into um, just having a joint account, and it's just yep. made things so easy. And so we're really good about communicating with each other about, hey, I'm looking at this. What do you think? You know, should we wait? Should we just do it now? Should we wait till next month? You know, there's a lot of open communication there, which I really appreciate because if I was left to my own bank account, my own devices, uh, we would have probably switched into a joint bank account pretty quickly because i'm i'm not good with managing my own money yeah well that's all right though i would uh i look at it now and i think uh gosh i wish i wish i would have done a, a separate account way back when but that's a whole different situation <laughs> whole different story uh but no you, you need to have that open communication now, if i can give you any advice of marriage is communication 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 and that. uh not not uh prefacing the little things you didn't load the dishwasher right or she didn't or she didn't mow the lawn right you know be appreciative that they actually took the the initiative to do x y and z things you know what i mean mm-hmm. versus pointing out all the negatives 
That would be the two things I could I could definitely give you advice on is continue doing those things. You'll be all right. I think I think a lot of people need to hear that advice. Not just me, but I think uh, a lot of our a lot of our listeners and a lot of our friends out there could could use yeah. a little bit of that too. That's a whole nother whole nother topic. But yeah, I think those are some positive things you gotta just keep in mind with any relationship. It's a two way street, and you gotta be there for one another. You can't uh, when it starts becoming a one way, then all of a sudden things start falling 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 to the wayside. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Kurt, man, we've been we've been talking for about an hour or so. Is there is yeah. there anything that we need to uh, anything else that we need to cover today, or should we save some save some content for the next pod? Yeah, let's just do another one, man. This has been fun. I uh, grab a few more topics and stuff. It's been good that you got a couple topics that kind of roll off of, which is nice. Um, but I appreciate you doing it. Let's uh, let's keep it going and a regular thing. Awesome, man. Sounds good. Thanks for thanks for coming on, Kurt, man. I really appreciate it. It's always good to uh, have a drink with you. And, and whether we're, even though we're 30, 30 miles away from each other, it still feels like we're sitting across from each other. So thanks for, thanks for spending the time and being on. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right, dude.